Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Cramblett, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Her Drive Podcast. Today's guest is making my little inner child, Lydia, little Cindy Fool, baby girl, so excited because when I was a little kid, I had a vintage dollhouse that was given to me, but everything was flat. I kind of had just mismatched furniture. It was just this whole thing. And I always dreamt of something a little bit different kind of blending Polly Pocket meets this vintage dollhouse that I had. But what today's guest is doing is way more impressive than anything I could have ever dreamt of and definitely ever created. Christine Hanna is a miniaturist and she is the creator of Paper Doll Miniatures. So she can extrapolate on what that means. Welcome, Christine, to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, that was so neat to hear your introduction to miniatures too, but I am just thrilled to be here and talk about miniatures and just like dollhouses are just exploding in popularity right now. So I think it's going to be so much fun to talk about. Right on. Well, first of all, what is a miniaturist? Walk me through that one. A miniaturist is someone who makes tiny things. I I mean, I think that in the broadest sense is the best way to describe a miniaturist. There are different kinds of miniaturists um, who work in different scales. So I make dollhouses in traditional dollhouse scale, which is 1 12th scale. So it's 1 12th the size of, let's say, your real house. Um, And then there are people who work half scale and smaller scales. Um, and then I think there are people who maybe just focus on making mini things, like mini replicas of things, um, but they don't necessarily conform to any sort of scale. So it, it could be like the size of your hand or smaller, like the size that I do. I think it really depends on what people enjoy uh, doing. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And how did you decide um, on the scale that you would do? I think it's like the most easily available scale. Well, okay, no, not not completely. Barbie scale, which is one six scale, I think is probably one of the most popular, if not the most popular. But I think for dollhouse scale, like traditional dollhouse scale, um, it's just easier to find the materials and accessories. It's a little bit harder to find one six scale Barbie scale items unless you're going to get like Mattel or other Barbie branded things. But dollhouse scale, there's a lot more um, artisanal items that are made. And it's a little bit cheaper too. And it's a little bit smaller. But I will say I really envy, I have some friends that make uh, half scale dollhouses. And they're half the size of the houses that I make. And they take up so much less room. And my boyfriend will often say, like, why can't you do half scale? Because your houses are massive. And, like, the half scale is so much smaller. Uh, But I guess for me, I personally, I I don't 
I like, this is going to sound really funny, but I like making tiny things, but I don't like making that tiny. <laughs> there's a limit to the tininess that I like to make well like um, I can imagine like if, if something were even smaller than what you make now it would be oh, kind of hard to see like do you have to use a magnifying glass to look at their tiny tiny little things I would think like for food and things it would be so tiny like I, I think like the houses themselves wouldn't be bad so just to give you kind of like a reference because I think when people think of dollhouses they're completely like they have I show them my houses they're like oh my goodness it's actually bigger than I thought um most people know what Barbie size is so dollhouse size is half the size of Barbie obviously but a dollhouse door is seven inches tall and so that's one twelve scale and so a Barbie size door I guess would be 14 inches tall um and a half scale would be only about three and a half inches tall. So, I mean, it's, you, you can still see pretty well with half scale, but if you got into the tiny little details, it would be very difficult. I think building a house that size wouldn't be bad, but my scale is kind of one twelfth. It's, um, for me, it's the perfect fit, but I think it's because it's just big enough that you can still really easily create details in your work. But it's also, um, I, I mean, it is it is a bit challenging. If you were to do one six scale Barbie scale, it is a little bit easier. Okay. So all the things to think about when you're uh, going into miniatures, that's for sure. And I think that's why people collect so many different, like I have a little bit of each, you know, because there's so many cute little mini things out there. Absolutely. And it just shows that there are all these nuances to something that an outsider would view as uh, relatively simple. Yeah, that's that's so true. It's so true. Fascinating. Okay, so I, I want to know more and more and more about the design and the creation. But first, how on earth did you get into um, becoming a miniaturist? Okay, I'm just going to... Sorry, my mic's going to just be a little bit fuzzy just for one little second. Okay, there. Um, so I got into being a miniaturist when I was in university. Uh, I went for, well, I started out in communications and I took a couple of fine art classes and I was like, man, I really, I really like this. And so uh, I switched my major and I went into fine arts and I took a photography class and we were asked to shoot people and places. And I live about an hour outside of the city from downtown. And it was really hard for me to find cool places to shoot I guess and I was like you know what I remember these movie sets being made for tv and maybe I could make some little sets here and photograph them and pretend that they're real spaces so I did that and in doing so I kind of fell down this hole of seeing these hobbyist miniaturists who are making dollhouses and just around that time um it was in the late mid-2000s uh, there were a couple dollhouse blogs out there too. So I was reading up on these, learning about all these miniature spaces. And I ended up cutting out a photo of myself and putting it into the little diorama I had made and taking a photo of the whole scene. And it would look like I was in this crazy space and I had a lot of fun with it I did these like really whimsical dioramas and the best part would be people would come up to me and be like 
like, where did you, where is this? Where is this in the city? Like, is that your real backyard outside the window? Like, and it it was so cool doing an illusion like that. So uh, I did um, some fine art prints because I was doing photography, did a couple of shows. And then when I graduated from university, um, I had some health troubles and uh, I had chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and I wasn't in the best spot. And uh, I actually turned to dollhouse miniatures as this um, fun, positive hobby, I guess, in my life. Like I really embraced the handicraft and the hobby side of uh, dollhouse miniatures versus doing it for fine art. And it was something that really, um, I don't know, it kind of gave me a purpose. Like I would make these projects and uh, it would give me something to do and to look forward to when my health wasn't the best. And I started my blog, Paper Doll Miniatures. And it kind of grew from there. I found the whole community and it's a great uh, community of people. And at the time, I was one of the youngest uh, bloggers. I mean, I was in my early 20s and most people were much, much older than me. I didn't know anyone else my age. Uh, And I was doing the blog and talking about modern miniatures, which was also something that was more rare at the time. And, uh, you know, you would make these interiors that look like your real house. Because before then, it was like all Victorian or mid-century modern. I'm interested to hear, did the dollhouse you have, when you said you were given a dollhouse, what kind of style was it? You said it was kind of like flat. Well, I mean, it was made of tin or metal or something. Oh, okay, like. yeah. Was it, it just, oh, go ahead. Was it like a a mid-century kind of house, would you say? Um, I'm terrible with architecture. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I can just describe it. It was like, like a tin, I think it belonged, it was, Oh. I think grandmother or something like that. It's been in my, had been in my family for a while. Um, or maybe it was my mom's or aunt's when they were little girls, but it was like a brick, brick metal, tin metal type, uh, two story dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still in my mom's. I should have uh-huh. <laughs> interview. Um, and that's really all that I can, I can truly yeah. remember about it. <laughs> you know what? I think it's probably now that I hear it, I wasn't sure if it was one of those dollhouses from like the fifties and sixties. Um, cause there are quite a few of those, like one, I think they're Lundby, Lundby or something. Um, and I had one of those for a while, but, uh, I think the tin ones you're talking about, but like those ones are much older. Um, and so it's probably more traditional, which is really cool. That's really cool that you have an heirloom like that. That's been passed around. Dollhouses are that kind of thing. You know, people really do have, uh, people tend to get them as heirloom gifts from their parents or they make them with their parents or there's that whole aspect that deals with family, which is really neat too. Absolutely. And, you know, talking with you now makes me appreciate it even more. And like my niece plays with it now. Oh. So I, just, I'm, I needed, I now needed to re re um, acquaint myself with the story of this with a quick <laughs> mama. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. But um, so you, you were wanting to do more, more modern looking um, houses. So let's dial it back a little bit. I mean, you're not doing well with your wellness. Um, so you're focusing on miniatures and, and the dollhouse, uh, making, how did you even train yourself to 
to do this? Like, were you building them, the dollhouses themselves, and then creating all of the furniture and fixings to go on the inside? How did that work? So when I first got into this, oh my, it's hilarious. When you look back at some of my old photos, I used, so my boyfriend is in construction. Um, I have to, I have to put that out there first and, or he was at the time he, he would go in and help restore homes. So we had like drywall and we were trying to figure out what to make the, these dioramas out of these little room boxes. And my first scenes are made with drywall and popsicle sticks. It's it's so they're so heavy. The drywall is crumbling, and I, I laugh all the time. And they're there's rudimentary, but you know the light is beautifully coming in through the windows. And it, and I use like random pieces. They were very DIY DIY. And then um and then I came across foam board, and foam board changed the game for me because super light, easy to cut. You can use uh, an exacto knife. And I would buy pre-made dollhouse windows and put them in the foam board. I think I bought a lot. There's a dollhouse store maybe five hours away from me. And I would go. They had very, they had basics. And it wasn't super modern. But sometimes when you start something, I often tell people who are just getting into miniatures, it helps if you buy even, I'm going to say the basics, like the economy style furniture because you can learn how it's made there's not a lot of well especially when I started there's not a lot of classes you can take or um like now there's YouTube and Instagram and blogs which is super helpful but you can't exactly go take a class for this in the real world there aren't a lot of books on this it's getting better because dollhouses now are so popular. There's social media, people do tutorials. It's much easier to learn now. But I think there still is a lot of learning that happens on your own from trial and error. And thankfully, that's something great about this craft that you can always go back and redo something or fix something or, you know, it's, it's, it's very forgiving in a way too. If you don't like what you did on the floor, you can easily rip it up and put down a new one. You're not like spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, like a real house, you know, to fix something. Um, that, that's, that's a real big benefit. And uh, I, I think over time though, it, it's just, it's something that you learn. The more, the more projects you do, the more comfortable. And I will say, like I've done tutorials on my blog, but it's only been in the last maybe two years, and I've been doing this for 13 years, that I really feel confident in building now. Like I've done enough projects and I've learned enough that I can really feel confident and I can share that information with other people because it really was self-taught. And it, yeah, it was, it's, quite, it's quite a journey. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think that's um, the, the cool thing about being a beginner is it's, it's so extremely humbling to yeah. be a beginner. And then, uh, you know, the, the learning curve is quite amazing. And you can become quite good with some, some well attuned focus and, and dedication to the craft. For sure. Uh, so interesting. So was, was this just a hobby? And, and have you turned it into a career or, or kind of what, how has this evolved from, from when you first just started to like it when you were studying um, fine arts in school? When I first started, uh, it was very much a hobby. You know, I did it for myself. And then 
I started blogging about it. And I think the big change came when I really wanted certain modern miniatures. Like I wanted a really realistic faucet. I think, I think the faucet was the first thing I wanted a pot filler and I wanted a faucet for my dollhouse and find them anywhere. So I decided to learn how to 3d print and I didn't have a 3d printer. Now you can buy 3d printers, especially at a more affordable price, but at the time it wasn't available. So I learned how to 3d print with Tinkercad and I think this was seven or eight years ago. And um, I had it printed in a company in the States called Shapeways. And then they would ship my product to me. And they also offered an option that you could make your product for sale as well, like your file for sale. So I started to make things for my dollhouse. And then I was like, well, if I'm making them for me and I have the option to just click sell to other people, um, I would do it. So I started selling my modern miniatures. I expanded my shop to having lights, faucets, tubs, toilets. Uh, what else do I have? I have decor. Um, but all things and, and cabinet hardware too, which was, um, I really wanted modern cabinet hardware. Things that you take for granted in your everyday house, but in miniature, it was just really, really hard to find these. Interesting. Okay. So, I like this. I keep telling <laughs> So I, I built up quite a collection and I added more styles. And the main thing was, is that I would make them for my own house and then, and then bring them to my followers and um, my customers. But it always kind of came back from whatever project I was working on. And the other thing I learned how to do was laser cut. And originally I had started laser cutting uh, by sending to a company again and having them shipped to me. Um, and then our local library got a laser cutter and I was able to go to the library and cut uh, a miniature kitchen. And that just completely changed the game for me because laser cutting is 100% perfect. You know, um, everything lines up really well. Don't get me wrong. Like the math totally can, I, I think I recut the kitchen like three times because my math was off because you're constantly having to scale down your designs. And that's actually one of my favorite things about making miniatures is designing. It's, it's like mini interior design, right? Like you're designing how things look. And I think between that and actually figuring out how the cabinets all go together, it's like one of my favorite things. So I did the laser cutting, 3D printing, and I did that for a few years along with blogging. And then uh, eventually I, well, social media came along, which completely changed the game for everybody. And I finally moved over to Instagram, I think in 2018, I think so. I was a late adopter. I was very much a blogger. And uh, it, it just, it changed things because you were now sharing more frequently, I guess. And there wasn't as big a focus on huge projects. And fast forward to today where video now is so big. And that again has completely changed how I do miniatures. So I think the best way to put it is that with social media, you have to think 
a lot of the people who are looking at my work there aren't necessarily miniaturists. They might be people who um, are just like casual observers, who like cute mini things, you know, but they don't actually do dollhouses themselves. And if they go to follow me, sometimes if my miniatures are too realistic, they'll like scroll on by because they'll just think it's a regular room. So I learned I have to put my hand in the shot or something that's not miniature in the shot so that they go, oh, wait, this is a miniature. This is really cool. <laughs> so I had spent years focusing on creating these really big illusions because like I said, that that was the coolest thing when I first started. People were like, oh, is this real? Where is this? But I guess, you know, when you're competing in a space with other real life homes, people need to know it's mini. So uh, it changed for me. I started having to figure out where to put my hand in, had to make sure my hands look nice, which is a really big challenge when you're a miniaturist painting all the time. Uh, and I'd also changed the video because all of a sudden I was telling like these stories and like quick little quick little stories. So I mean, one of the ones I did recently was like with a bath bomb. I did a miniature bath bomb. Going I was in literally there. just watching it. Were you? Yeah. I think, and I think, because you have to remember like dollhouses are homes. So it's every, it, it's relatable to everybody in some way. And a lot of this content that I create are these little relatable things that we do, but it's in mini. So it's cute and I don't know, like cleaning videos, even in mini, <laughs> it's just, they're fun to watch. And I get teased by my boyfriend all the time. He's like, oh my goodness. He's like, you hate cleaning. He's like, but yet you're here. You are cleaning your dollhouse. <laughs> With a little vacuum. Like, yeah, it's so much more fun. So much easier, so much quicker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been like, it's been quite a, uh, a little journey there. And then with social media, uh, I've actually done some uh, work for brands. I did a uh, miniature makeup store and uh, I did some videos with that. It, it was really cool. I built like this entire uh, makeup store with these like kiosks and um, foundation bottles and I 3D printed everything like that. So that was a really cool opportunity. And I've um, also done some, through the years, I've also done some like custom commission work, which tends to come up if you have a laser cutter or a 3D printer, both of which I own now, um, because people want things in mini that aren't available. And I've really had to be careful to balance that because custom work really can eat away at your time. I think that's been my m m number one challenge is balancing doing work for other people versus doing little projects like that. Mm -hmm. And something that I've decided within the last year, I think, is that I would rather focus on larger projects, like say the makeup store or doing a full dollhouse um, than doing a bunch of little little sales because it just, it, it's just really hard to balance all the, your time and everything like that. So I decided I'm more of a content creator and big dollhouse build than making, mm -hmm. let's say, individual custom windows for one person's dollhouse that I can't necessarily sell to someone else. That know? makes sense. Well, yeah. when look, looking at everything that you're creating, so I was watching one um, where you were basically like potting a, a flower and yeah, yeah. potting 
potting mix and these tiny little flowers and everything. So do you make everything that I am seeing in your videos? Almost so everything? I make, okay, so I really enjoy making dollhouses and furniture and kitchens and bathrooms, but like the big things. I tend to buy from other artists things that require sewing. I've done some. It's just not something I really enjoy. I'd rather buy a sofa from someone. I definitely would prefer to buy bedding because it's just not something I love. And I mm -hmm. tend to buy a lot of miniature food because, again, I've done some, but it's just not my favorite. And there are people who are amazing at it. Mm -hmm. uh, for the flowers, I did a mix, though. I bought some, and they're really beautiful. And then there are some that I made myself. So I think. I think for a lot of things, it's a mix. I would say I tend to buy a lot of accessories lately just because I really do enjoy making the actual room itself. Like I'll make the shower, I'll make the cabinets, I'll make the entire kitchen, but I'll tend to buy, let's say, the mini Nespresso machine and the Nespresso little pods for the counter. Um, I think there's only so many hours in a day too, right? So, uh, yeah, like, uh, so if you're not enjoying what you're thing. making, then why not outsource it? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And there are, and you do become friends with a lot of the other miniature artists. So you kind of do want to have their work in your little home as well. I guess they're like little galleries in a way. They really art. are. So are any of the clients that if you have like your, you have a commission project to do like a, a a dollhouse for someone are these adults that are buying them for themselves to have do they buy them as gifts for children do you do you ha have any idea what happens with some of these this creations is, that you make this is such a good question and topic and um it really is so it it really is a mix so when I've done a lot of projects, I've always been really surprised. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's for my granddaughter, for my daughter. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, we'd be careful here because my miniatures are meant for adult collectors. So uh, the majority of the people who do these dollhouse miniatures are, you know, adult collectors. I think some, some people, though, they get into it for their kids. And I can totally see how that happened. They want a dollhouse for the daughter. And then they end up loving it. And they're like, oh, well, I will give it to her, but then maybe I'll make another one for myself, you know? <laughs> um, I think I think there's a lot. I, the majority of my followers are women, millennial women. It, it's, it's just really cool to see how it's turned into this thing for millennial women to come together and make these mini homes and spaces. And I don't know if it's because you can do so much in these mini spaces that you can't necessarily do, you know, if you live in an apartment or something or, you know, housing right now isn't super affordable, but you can do a major renovation in a dollhouse. And we were just talking about it on social media and I was like, so I have a white couch here and I don't know about you guys, but I could not have a white couch in my real life. But you know, this is, this is my miniatures. I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> really, which is really fun. I love and, this. So instead of putting on our VR headsets and stepping into yeah. uh, one of those like fake realities, we can, we can just play with our dollhouse. 
Yeah, so true. Tangible and in the real world. (laughs) The only issue is finding spaces for all them, like to store them. But otherwise, it's so true. And and that's that's one of my favorite parts is like you can dream up a space and make it in miniature, like anything. If I see a little bathroom or something or kitchen, I'm like, oh, I really like that. You know, you can you can make it in miniature. I have never, um, I I have never fully decorated a whole home, but I know what my style is because I've really refined it in mini. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Um, so obviously this sounds like it brings you a lot of joy and you can, you've turned your passion into, um, a, a way to, to make a living, which I, I truly applaud. And I, I just find it to be so interesting. Um, the evolution of, of your story. Um, what has been thus far, um, your, your greatest win, like the highlight of working as a miniaturist? This year, I guess 2020, 2021 was just the most amazing year. I, I, um, I think it's because I went from doing this where I had income like occasionally from it, from doing like little projects for people to actually almost doing it full time. And I, I mean, I am, I, I am working full time on it. And um, it's just incredible to me that this, has become a job. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really think of it as being something that could could manifest like an actual full-time job, but here we are. And uh, this year I was asked to create a one-of-a-kind dollhouse kit and it's going to be for sale for all my followers. And um, this was such a big deal because I have constantly been asked you know, can you make me a dollhouse? Can you, um, can you sell me a dollhouse kit? And it's just not something I was able to personally produce and do myself. One, I'm always a little bit worried about shipping. And two, I just, I couldn't do something on that massive of a scale. I'm in Canada and the majority of people in the U S so shipping is not always the most fun either. So, um, I was asked by a brand that I've done a lot of, um, collaboration work before and I love them. They're like a family owned business. And when they asked me, they said I could do whatever I wanted, any style. Um, and I knew what my followers loved and what I loved doing. And it was just the most exciting project because I designed some, a dollhouse from scratch, com- from start to finish. It was manufactured and it's built and it's the coolest most rewarding experience to see something and I'm sure this goes for like any field you're in but if you see something if you make something from scratch you know an idea in your head a drawing on paper to see it to go from that paper to being built and I had this shell just out of MDF and then I bricked it that's what I've done the last few weeks is I've been bricking this big dollhouse and to see it finished it's just it's most it's the most amazing thing. Like you feel like you're at the the top of a, a mountain. And I think it has to do with a lot of all those years. I I don't know that I could have done this a few years ago. Like, you know, you it really takes all those years 
of learning and um, trial and error and figuring out, you know, how do I actually go about doing this? And then to reach that goal Mm. is so great. That sounds amazing. Absolutely. And to think that everything around us, everything that's tangible, you know, that's man-made was at one point like you, like what you had a thought, a thought, and then manifested through a lot of hard work, dedication, and for you, many, many, many hours to, to bring into fruition is just so absolutely amazing. And I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cool. So when you're looking through like the windshield of life, say you're driving down the road, um, what do you see coming up for, for your future? I'm, and I'm very like excited about this because I, I feel like it's been so many highs and I'm, um, I don't know, there's just so many possibilities. I've really been trying to figure out like, what do I want to do ahead? I know something that I definitely want to focus on is um, making some room boxes. So and when I mean a room box, I mean, like, it's usually just like a single room. So either a bathroom or a kitchen or something like that, a living room. And um, I want to make a few more of those so that I can easily stage little scenes because I really enjoy making those little stories for my social media. Uh, You know, I've done little cooking ones where I'm making like a little lunch. I've done the bath bomb one, like I said, uh, cleaning videos. I have a glass fridge that I put really, really realistic groceries in and out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a few outdoor scenes. And uh, I really want to focus on hopefully <laughs> uh, getting a few more sets, if you will, completed so that I can really easily make stories. And having this finished dollhouse will definitely help with that because it's it's something that I really, really enjoy. And that's maybe like the personal what's ahead. That's the project for me. Like I definitely want to give that, give, give that to myself to be able to really focus on doing what I enjoy, which is creating those little scenes and stories. And then I'm also really excited to create bigger projects. Like now that I've created this one dollhouse kit, I'm excited to maybe lean in more to building other kits and uh, creating maybe some larger scale projects, like I did the makeup store. I'm hoping I, I would really like to do a bakery next. And whether that takes on more commission work or um, more like just video creation work, uh, I'm really excited to see where I can push that. Um, because it's not like a typical <laughs> dollhouse, dollhouse influencer or dollhouse conference. Uh, content creation it's not like a typical path you're not putting a lot of you but I really see I really think there's a lot of room for growth and um and and just like to explore impossibilities there that's really interesting you bring up a, a, a another question for me um how do you differ from other miniaturists and dollhouse makers I think some of the things that um I realized I realized earlier this year, I was like, what attracts me to miniatures? Because I think for some people, they like have this big collection, like, oh, everything's so cute. They just like fawn over these little mini things. And I love mini things. But I think what I love even more than mini things is telling stories. 
with the mini things. I really enjoy sharing with others, whether it's teaching others or sharing these little stories that we all relate to. And I think that goes back because when I was in my teens, I used to create video content, um, just like like little made up stories I would record and everything. I was, I would always be the director and I would direct other people. And I just think it's so funny to come back now. Here I am all these years later, I'm still creating video content now. I'm still creating little stories. And I think this is just miniatures have just been a vessel for me to, to share that with others. Mm-hmm. And from like a practical point of view, my miniatures are, I try my best to make them as hyper-realistic as possible. They have a lot of natural light coming in through the windows. I always try and get my backdrops. I always try and have a window. And behind the window, I always try to have a lit backdrop. So it really does look realistic. I think when you look at a scene that I've made, I really hope, and I've heard from other people that they can recognize that, oh, yes, that's a paper doll miniature. That's Christine's miniature world. Like it looks like it's part of her series that she's done. And that that going back to being an artist, that's very important to me as well. Fascinating. Well, that's really beautiful that you found a conduit for, for creation and sharing. Um, and just a few more rapid fire questions. And these are some of my favorite questions. Um, is there anything that you do like on a daily, weekly, monthly, um, occurrence that kind of helps keep you balanced, any type of rituals, things like that? I think I've really learned. And because I had um, some health challenges before, it's only been in the last few years that I've really um, I've been feeling much better. And so I've really been able to lean in and push on into this hobby and take it to the next level. Um, but I really allow myself to take a pause and to take a break if I need to. I think it's really important. I think especially when you are dealing with something like an algorithm or something where it's always, you know, put out content, put out content. Um, Mm -hmm. I've learned to like, sometimes you just have to step back. And I always tell myself like, and it could be different depending on what niche you're in, but at least in my niche, I just know if I create really quality content, I will always have my core followers and readers with me. And um, so that's, that's something that I tell myself and I really focus on is just like allowing myself the space to take a step back when I need to and not be too hard on myself and uh, try to space out things. I'm getting better at the work-life balance um, and just trying to break down things into more manageable pieces and spread it out enough otherwise oh and the well the number one thing is that if I'm not careful it can just like feel like you're constantly working so I've learned that I really if I'm going to take a day off I really need to take a day off so Mm -hmm. you know just I think it's really been that it's just been balancing giving myself grace like when I can't do when it's gotten too much just to step back but um and overall, I think that's allowed me to be a bit more consistent. I think that's beautiful. And does it also help you appreciate and, and re-fall in love with what it is that you're doing? Yeah, because 
I would say like when I was doing the work for custom orders and I was doing work for other people, like just the small projects, like the windows for someone, for example, or, you know, they needed something small laser cut to fit their exact dollhouse. I started resenting the hobby and like, you know, it just wasn't fun anymore because it was just constantly stressful. And um, now making sure to like, really, like, is this project going to be really exciting for me? Like, do I really want to do this? Mm. And uh, making sure that I'm not like overwhelming myself with work. Like it just keeps you like mentally engaged with what you want to do. It's exciting. And then the work, obviously, it, it shows through in your work. Mm, beautiful. I love that. And if you could go back in time and give a younger you some words of wisdom, how old would you be and what would you say? I think, I mean, I feel like there's kind of two times, but I would definitely go back in my mid-20s when I was working on the, there was a period where I'd been out of university. Like I said, my health wasn't the best. And I was doing miniatures, but I just felt like I wasn't doing anything. Like I didn't put a lot of value on what I was doing. And I realize now I wish I could go back and tell myself, like there's so much value and potential in what you're doing. It's not nothing, you know, it's not just some little hobby. Like it's a worthwhile, um, investment in yourself and you know you're not just doing nothing you're you're building something uh Mm -hmm. because that's that's I struggled with that for a while sometimes I think we think our hobbies we think less of our hobbies but they're so enriching and so important um I think they should really be valued and I guess the other time would be when I was younger maybe I don't know when I'm like 12 13 I think I really wish that I had embraced maybe being a bit more, I mean, I'd always been artistic, but I guess I just didn't realize how, uh, I, I thought it could only ever be a hobby. And, you know, I came around to it in the end, but I wish that I had known that it's okay to uh, pursue those dreams and those things really hard <laughs> um, from the start. Wow, that's such a beautiful and powerful message. And I'm so grateful for you sharing. Um, Well, Christine, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, share about your story, your work with the Her Drive listeners? I think if you have never done dollhouse miniatures, it's such an accessible hobby because you really don't need, you don't need to buy a dollhouse to start. You can do something really simple. There's a lot of DIY and um, it's very therapeutic for a lot of people. Uh, There's so many exciting things you can do with it. I really highly suggest people give it a try. And uh, I'm going to be around creating and sharing my tutorials. I have that new dollhouse kit coming out, which I'm super excited about because, again, it's just one of those things where I can share with people and help them create their own miniatures. And uh, I really hope more people find out and learn about this exciting and fun hobby. Um, And I'm really happy I got to talk about it. 
<laughs> well, I'm honored that you um, were up for being a guest and sharing um, a bit of your story with, Thank you. with me and, and with everybody listening. Um, and just one last thing, Christine, please let everybody know where on the, um, the space of connection and social they can find you. Right. I am paper doll miniatures on Instagram. And I would say Instagram, I post the most. Um, like most frequently, lots of little scenes. My blog, paperdollminiatures.com. I do a lot more tutorials and behind the scenes and just a lot more um, how I did it, where you can find similar things. Uh, and then I'm on TikTok and I'm hoping to post, which is paperdoll miniatures there too. And I'm hoping to post a little bit more uh, tutorial content on TikTok. So I really take each of my platforms a little bit differently. Um, and hopefully that gives everyone who wants to come and see a bit more insight into what I do and what miniatures are. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I cannot wait to continue to observe and see what unfolds for you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Cramblett. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and her drive to success.